everybody. You guys sound great. And uh, it's good to love each other at church. I mean, I didn't know if we were going to get started after the fellowship break. Everybody's uh, in the aisles and, you know, the ch- I never grew up in a church like that. So it's just kind of cool to see that people actually like each other. They want to hang out. You know, they want me to finish so you guys can talk. Uh, but it, it is great to be together. Today we're going to be talking about water walkers and boat holders. And uh, you're going to probably figure out who, which one you are. And you may have noticed that as we've had a little bit of that thrown into the uh, songs here uh, as we've gotten started. So um, one thing I wanted to share with you, which is really cool, is our teen ministry uh, came back from their prom last night. Uh, this is, uh, if you, you can't really see it too well, but all the, the five on the right are our girls, and then our boys are kind of in the middle on the, on the left. But uh, it was cool to see them uh, going off, uh, Kevin and April taking 11 of our teens into the Hollywood Wax Museum, and uh, what an awesome prom. I don't know how, if, how good your high school prom was, but we didn't have ours at the Hollywood Wax Museum, I and mean, that's pretty cool. And uh, sharing it with like four or 500 uh, kids from, all, maybe not 500, maybe 300, 300 students from all over the L.A. area and just be able to have a pure time, uh, no drinking, uh, no marijuana, no making out in the parking lot. I'm like, wow, this is an awesome place to be. I mean, if you're a parent, you're feeling pretty good about that. That's a good place for your kids to go and uh, just have a, a pure time, be able to have fun in the right kind of way. That was something that a lot of us, when we were growing up, we didn't figure out how to have fun in the right kind of way. And we're just grateful uh, for the team ministry, for the team leaders, and for all the parents that really give our, our kids that kind of foundation. And uh, that was one of the things that really attracted me to the church was the kind of events and the kind of fun that they could have uh, and, and not be ashamed of it the next day. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so why don't you uh, pray with me, and then we'll get uh, started here. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this time to be together. I pray that you will clear out our minds and our hearts. Help us to see you in a new way. Help us to grow in our faith. God, I pray that you get me out of the way, that uh, it'll be your word speaking, and I pray that your spirit will stir our souls. God, we love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So turn over to Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 14. And I'm going to start reading verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. He cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? 
And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. What an amazing night that the disciples had with Jesus. Jesus sent them out. They, the day before, he fed the 5,000. So you remember the story when they're all there, they're with Jesus for three days and they're getting hungry and he challenges them. He says, you feed these people. And they're confused and then he feeds all of them and he has them sit down in, in groups and then when they're done, they pick up 12 basketfuls of bread. And then immediately Jesus sends them off in the boat to go across the lake. You know, to think about it, it's kind of an interesting thing that he would send them away at night. It's been a long day. It's 8 o'clock at night or 6 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night. It's kind of like bedtime, right? You're like, okay, Jesus, I'm kind of done for the day. I'm ready to kind of... Take it down, and he sends them out on this mission that makes no sense. Okay, Jesus, we've been with you all this time, and now you're going to send us off by ourselves, and you're going to stay here, and we're supposed to go with you, but you're... You know, so he asked them to do this amazing thing, and a lot of people think that he did that because the crowd wanted to make him king. And maybe the disciples were getting pretty pulled into this idea, so maybe he wanted to separate them from the crowd so that they wouldn't get any ideas as he goes up the mountainside by himself. You ever have those times when you just feel like, man, I am spent. I, I got nothing left. And here's Jesus, his cousin dies. He tries to get away and he does this amazing miracle and after this long day of giving, I could he just feels spent, like, I just need time with God. I need to go up on a mountain and pray. I need to pray for my disciples because they didn't even get this miracle that I just did. They missed it. You know, I need to pray for myself that I'll have the strength to go, go to the cross. I need to pray that, we'll ha- that these guys will be ready to lead the church when it's time. And whatever else was on Jesus' heart. You know, sometimes I go out to pray and I don't even know why. I just know I got a lot going on and I need to figure out what it is. Some of you, you're, you're really good with your emotions. And so you know exactly what you're feeling and why you're feeling it and when you started feeling it and what the intensity of the feeling is. And some of us, you're like me, you're just like, I'm not sure what it is, but there's a lot of stuff going on. And we need to get time to get with God, to pray about it, to get our emotions out, to figure out. What's going on? You know, and so what we're, there's, there's times when we need to get up on a mountain to pray. My point number one is row, row, row your boat. <laughs> he sends them out there to just start rowing a boat. And imagine as they're rowing and the wind's picking up and the waves are picking up and they're not really going anywhere. They're going for like six hours and they only went three miles. That's like a half a mile an hour. It's pretty slow. Just getting 
row in the boat, Jesus, where are you? Why are we doing this? This is, this is stupid. Why have you put me in this situation? You know, they didn't realize it, but Jesus was setting them up for an amazing victory as they rode against the wind all night long. You ever feel like you're rowing against the wind? Ever feel like you're trying to deal with the same thing and it's not going anywhere and you're just struggling and you're wondering, God, why am I here and why am I dealing with this? And this, this is horrible. That's probably about where they were at that moment. I'm not sure they were really praying at the time. I don't know how you get when you're rowing all night. I'm not necessarily in a prayer mode at that point. It's kind of like survival. Just, I'm just gritting it out. I'm just hoping to make it to the other side of this lake so I can get to sleep tonight. And yet they never made it, but they, they received what the purpose was for their trip. The truth was is that Jesus sent them into that situation so that they would be pushed beyond their point of comfort. And so many times when it starts to get difficult, we start to think, hey, this is the wrong plan. God must not be with me. I don't really like this. And Jesus is like, no, that's exactly where I want you to be. And I love this picture because it shows the boat out there and then Jesus coming and they can't quite see him yet, but he's, real, he's right there. You know, sometimes when you're rowing, God is right there. You just don't see him at the moment. And yet he's setting you up for something victorious. You know, we feel and maybe look like these guys. Somehow, these are like some Canadian senior rowing team. I mean, they're actually good. You know, I was looking at the picture and I said, you know, they don't really look like rowers, but they're straining at the oars. And that is not how we feel like Christianity is supposed to be, right? Like, this is not the life that I signed up for. I'm supposed to be changing the world, and I'm rowing the boat. You know, it doesn't say that Christianity is going to be easy. There's nights and days when we're going to feel like we're rowing against the wind, and it's, we're going to feel like these guys. You know, this week was kind of an amazing time to see this principle lived out that when we're straining, God is there. And we went to visit Marcia Palomino uh, on Friday. And if you don't know her, she's a sister in the church. She had an accident in her house and fell down and was injured and couldn't get up for 24 hours. And because of some of the disciples in here and they had an idea that she was there and had some connections. And, you know, basically the, they ended up breaking into her house and finding her there. And helping her out, and she's recovering now. But Friday, we were with her. And I don't know, if you were involved in a situation like that, it was pretty, there was some panic going on. I mean, we're thinking, man, you could have died. What's going on? How is she doing? And we were all up in arms and, and, and concerned. And yet, we, when we talked with her, she said, you know, I was laying there on the floor, and I grabbed my comforter off the bed, And I just got comfortable and I went to sleep. And I wasn't even afraid. She said she prayed to God and just felt this peace. And here we're all in turmoil. 
And then she said that what caught my attention was she said, you know, my faith has grown even stronger through this time. And I'm thinking when we want to grow in our faith, we don't actually think it's going to come like that. Like that's not our plan, but sometimes it's God's plan. Who knew that she would grow in her faith in that way? You know, as she shared about Chevy and Vivian Hernandez in tears and just saying how much she loves you guys and how much you guys have been there for her. We were there for probably an hour on Friday, and there were seven disciples that came by during that time. I mean, Martha and Sue were already there, and Rhonda was there, and Chris and Lisa had just left. And, I mean, she was hugging this little bear that Lisa got her like it was like, Christmas morning, her favorite present ever. Because what it told her was that she wasn't alone. That even though her physical family wasn't able to be there, that that her church family was there for her. And I left there amazed. I actually left there, I was pretty overwhelmed when I left the, the hospital. I mean, we were paying, there, you guys, I was just kind of watching. But I was trying to get her Wi-Fi hooked up so she could listen to the service and other people are paying her bills and other people are talking about this and talking about that and trying to get this and that. And I just left there feeling like, wow, I'm maxed out. This is multitasking to the max right here. But I just felt kind of like Jesus, man. I need to get up on my mountain and pray. So I pray if you're rowing a boat, if you're struggling, that you'll persevere and realize that God is near. And that he's put you in that situation for a reason. And I pray you won't be cursing him for the situation you're in, but you'll be looking for him. Because he is close by, I believe. And he wants you to grow in your faith. He's there to help you, not to hurt you. Row, row, row your boat. Point number two, water walker. So who is the water walker in this story? Jesus. Peter was the water walker, but Jesus was the... That was kind of a trick question. I would have said Peter, too. But Jesus was the original water walker. Peter was just imitating what he saw. He saw Jesus walking out on the lake. I don't know if Jesus planned it or he just realized, hey, the guys are over there. i got to go get to them. Let me just kind of start walking over the water. No big deal. Uh... You know, but sometimes we want to be the water walkers. And we forget that the Bible is not about you. The Bible is about Jesus. It's not the gospel of Cole. The gospel of Chris or Marcy or whoever. I mean, it's the gospel of Jesus. Sometimes we read the Bible and we want it all to be about me. And that's kind of the whole point. It's not all about us. It's about Jesus, and that's kind of what Peter figured out. And I love this this part. When he tells everyone to, to not be afraid, to calm down, relax, it's me. Some translations say that the I am is with you. God is with you. You're good. And yet so much of our lives can be filled with fear. That we're afraid of the wind and the waves and our lives and what's going to happen to our kids and our health and our finances and we're stressed out. 
And yet somehow in the midst of all this panic, Peter gets the idea to walk on the water. You know, some of you, God is calling you to get out of your boat of fear and, and take a step of faith. He's calling you to do what's right, even though you don't know where it's going to lead you, just because it's there. He's calling you to step out of your addictions and step out of your bad relationships and step out of yourself to finally trust him. To finally put your faith in him, as Darren talked about in the contribution. But the amazing thing with Peter is Jesus did not tell him to get out of the boat. He asked. This wasn't a command. It wasn't that he had to get out of the boat to be a Christian. For some reason, he got it in his mind. I want to do that. He'd grown up around the lake his whole life. He'd seen the power of it. He's been a fisherman, and it was maybe a normal thing to say, you know, if you do that, I want to do that too. I want that power too in my life. Since it's you, Jesus, call me out too. And you can imagine him stepping on the lake, amazed that he was doing it. You know, if it was me, I'd probably feel like, check it out, guys, I'm doing it. This is awesome. And yet all the other guys were sitting there in the boat. You know, I don't know how many of you feel like you'd be the one that you'd want to get out of the boat. You'd be the bold one that say, hey, I'm going for it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in the boat. I would be sitting in the boat looking at him going, I wonder what's going to happen. You know, maybe after a couple of the guys did it, I'd be like the third guy out. Like, okay, you did it. and you. All right, I'm, I'll go. And yet Peter somehow had this amazing faith to step out on the water just because he wanted to. You know, God's not even necessarily commanding you to do something great. But if you want to do it, he'll give you the power. Some, sometimes he, he, he wants us to dream. He wants us to want to do more. He wants us to, to want to be used. And when we want to be used, he, he gives us the chance. You know, and I love that story about Peter. I want to show you uh, a short video here uh, about a, a recent baptism in Jordan, just as we're, you know, connecting with the Middle East more and more. We're getting more videos. This was just recently a teen was baptized in Jordan. Or a young man. You know, and it's amazing to see someone across the, the world be stepping out in faith. Say, I want to make Jesus Lord. I want to go. I want, to, I want God to use me. I want to make a difference. I want to be saved. You know, and I was just thinking about this week. Our brothers and sisters over there, as we've been really praying about it and, and uh, sharing about it. And a lot of times when we get ready in our house, we have the worship music on. I don't know what you do. 
but just the, the worship music's blaring and we're getting ready and it's kind of like a cool, inspiring way to get ready for the day and just getting all spiritually hyped up. And, and I remember just thinking about it and like, wow, if you're in the Middle East, you can't do this. You can't blare the Christian music while you're getting ready. You know, you can't have Christian music probably even on your iPhone. Because if people found it, you could be killed. They could report you. You know, you can't sing the songs out loud. I'm just like, wow, those are our brothers and sisters. They're over there just praying and singing in their head or going somewhere quiet or I don't know what they're doing, but just made me grateful for what we have. But they're surrounded by people that don't understand what a God of love is all about. That the Koran doesn't have the word love in it one time. There's no stories of the prodigal son. There's no stories of God searching for the lost son and the lost coin. It's all on you to be saved. God's not trying to save you. You've got to save yourself. You know, to think about the God that we serve, where, where grace is a common term that we can just hear in every single song that we listen to. Every song that we sing. That love isn't just an idea, but it's something that we've been given. You know, I pray that this year as we... Uh, we talked about on Wednesday our goals for the, the missions contribution. And if you weren't here, these are our goals for this year's missions contribution. Our prayer is that every single one of us will worship God as we give. That we'll give out of love, not out of obligation, not because it's the right thing to do, not because we want to follow the rules, but because we actually want to do it for God. You know, that there is an extravagant love and extreme submission to God as we give. And that we'll give connecting to our brothers and sisters and to God in the Middle East. That it will be an act of companionship, partnership, and, and family with them. You know, and every year we've met our, our numerical goal. It's always been 11 times. And so... As we mentioned on Wednesday, if you're one of those people that has to have a number goal, there it is. But really, if, if we have this heart, I believe God will be pleased with whatever we give. Pray about it. Talk with one another and trust God that he'll blow us away. All the money in the world is whose? It's God's. And I believe in the next two weeks that it's going to come our way. That you're going to have unexpected things. We already had an unexpected $50 come in this week, since Wednesday. I'm like, wow, this is so awesome, God. I don't need this. But they do. And I pray that you'll have that kind of heart to step out of the boat, not just in your, your, your mission's contribution, but in your life. That you will have that kind of faith. You know, the, the only thing, if you're a parent... The only thing that you can give your kids is your faith. Everything else that you try to do for them is not going to matter in their life. Because they're going to be in some situation and the only thing that they're going to be able to rely on is God. And so by our example of living by faith, we can pass that down to our kids. You know, our daughter's going off to college in a couple months. I'm not going to talk about it too much. 
2,000 miles away, and the only thing that matters is her faith. Because God's going to put her in all kinds of situations. Why? How do I know? Because that would happen to me too. He puts all of us in all kinds of situations where we don't know what to do except turn to him. And I pray that you can be that type of person that can be standing on the water by faith, helping someone up out, out of the water. You know, it hit me that as Jesus was pulling Peter out of the water, he's standing on nothing because of his faith. That was the thing that he had that they needed. That whatever situation he was in, he knew that God was with him and God was going to work it out, get him out of it, protect him, and if he didn't, he was going to go to heaven and that was going to be even better. That that was the kind of faith that Jesus passed on to his disciples. And I pray that we can pass that on to our kids, that we can have more of it ourselves. You might be thinking, well, how do I get more faith? How do you get more faith? How? The Word of God. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing the message, the Word of God. I don't know why that works. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me, but it just works. So if you're out there feeling like, man, I wish I had more faith, then you need to read the Bible more this week than you have. Double your time. Triple your time. Whatever you need to do. And I've been trying to figure out why that works for 29 years. I still haven't gotten it. The only thing I got is it says it works, and so it works. And so if you want to try it out, you'll get more faith. This week, and your life will be changed. And you'll be able to help someone else with their faith because of how God's working in your faith. And every once in a while, God shows us his miracles too. He kind of opens up the window where we can see it because we're, we're weak. We're weak. We're, we're not just naturally faithful people. We've got to see it too. And that's what he did with these, with the, with the disciples. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I want to tell you about some, we talked with the family group leaders and we decided that we're going to go for some days of fasting going up to the missions contribution. The first one's going to be this Wednesday. So this Wednesday the 9th to be fasting for missions and for the brothers and sisters in the Middle East and really that worship God and try to connect. You know, and, and that's my, my prayer there. And you can fast 24 hours. You can fast, you know, morning till night. You can fast from coffee, whatever. Don't be legalistic about it. Just do it. Just commit that day to fasting for God and he will, he'll move. And some days when I fast, I feel like, wow, God just like works in every situation and all the things just come together. And some days when I fast, I want to kick the dog at the end of the day. And I, I, my, I end the fast with, God, I'm not very spiritual. Please forgive me. Help me to be more spiritual because even without food, I'm going crazy. And I go to bed and I know tomorrow is going to be a better day. But even that, that's good. It's good to be humble. It's good to see God move. It's good to be humble. Whatever he does with your fast. Uh, it's what you need. So that, that will be, that's kind of an adventure every time I fast to see what God's going to do. 
And then next week, the week of the special, each family group is going to pick a day and we're going to have like a fasting chain. So we'll send that out uh, by text there. And, uh, you know, I, I want to encourage you to read Mark 9 and Isaiah 58 as well, because it really talks about some things only come out by prayer and fasting. Why is that? I don't know. That's just what it says. That's what Jesus says, so that's why we do it. And then Isaiah 58 talks about having the right kind of heart and the humility and everything as we fast. Okay? All right. Let's move on. Number, point number three we're going to get to. Uh, so Jesus said he called them out. Even though Peter was walking on the water, Jesus said that he had little faith and asked him why he doubted. You know, I don't know what happens when you read that, but I feel like, Jesus, that's not really fair. I mean, he's actually the only one that actually got out of the boat. To me, it looks like he had more faith than all of them. And yet he still got challenged for his lack of faith and his doubt. You know, when we're really honest with God about our faith, we got, we got doubts. Even on our best day, when we got all kinds of faith, we still got questions and we still got doubts and, and we're wondering. And, you know, as Bill was saying, we got our past, you know, jumping at us at, from every single angle. And yet Peter, with, little, with a little bit of faith, he was able to obey Jesus and get out of the boat. With a little bit of faith, he was able to struggle to get up after he'd fallen. With a little bit of faith, he was able to do amazing things, even if only for a minute. And with a little bit of faith, he was able to be with Jesus and walk back to the boat on top of the water with Jesus. You know, a mustard seed is all you need to be able to do great things. You know, somebody said that doubt means the literally to be divided in two. Where we have God on one side and we have ourselves on the other. And God is calling us to focus on him, to focus on Jesus. Don't look at all the circumstances in your life. Acknowledge them, pray about them, but ultimately look to Jesus. And he'll do amazing things with you. Point number three is boat holders, where most of us would have been, holding on to the boat, watching Poncho get out of the boat. And whoever else uh, raised their hand there. saw some other people over here. I know Lewis's friend raised his hand too. Um, number three, po- boat holders. I'm going to show you a, a, a video, a short video of a rafting trip. The, the video quality is not that good, but you'll get the idea. That kind of gave me a new perspective of being a bolt holder. Sometimes that's a pretty good thing. <laughs> the guy who was supposed to be the guide ends up clocking some, la- some lady in the head with the, his paddle. 
You know, Jesus doesn't rebuke the boat, boat holders. I was kind of encouraged by that point. You know, they were hanging on for dear life. They were surviving. They were making it through. They were grinding it out. They hadn't fallen out of the boat yet. And they were in the right boat with Jesus. Sometimes, for some of us, just hanging on is a pretty good thing. Making it to the next year and the next year and making it with Jesus. They didn't get it. They didn't even understand what miracles were going on, but they were still in the right place and they were hanging on. They were persevering. You know, being a bold holder is not that bad of a thing. You know, we won't get to heaven without hanging on a little bit along the way. I pray that you're, you're hanging on to Jesus, that you're hanging on in the right boat. And if you're not in the boat, that you'll get in the boat. And you'll enjoy the crazy ride that is this life that we live. You know, he was building their faith. He showed them who he was. He calmed the storm and they were left with the conviction that truly you are the son of God. That he opened up the curtains for just a minute. There's a word that I found and I come across every once in a while. It's called the theophany. And it's kind of like an epiphany, but it's when God appears to a person. That's what Jesus did here. He showed up, he appeared, and he let him see who he really was for that little bit of time. And that's what he's been doing in people's lives throughout history. Abraham and Jacob and Moses and the disciples and even you and even me. That sometimes when we least expect it, God shows up to peels back the, the scales for a minute and we get to see what he, who he really is. We get to see his love for us. We get to see that he really is there for us. We get to see that those prayers that we thought were forgotten were, were, were remembered. And I pray that you'll hold on to those times. That you'll remember all the times that God showed up and made himself known to you. I'm sure these guys, as they looked at this scripture later, saw it in a bit of a different way. It says, He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. One of the earliest books in the Bible come into life as they remembered the time that Jesus walked on the water. And Peter did too. One of the things that I want to close out with was when Jesus, it says he, when they crossed over and they got on the other side and everybody brought the sick people to him and they all were healed. That was just one day. That was a highlight day, but that was one day with Jesus. And they show up on the other side without sleeping and now Jesus is moved again by the needs of the people. You know, that encourages me that God never gets tired of loving us. He never is not moved. He's always moved by our needs. He always has compassion. He never gets fed up. He never gets frustrated. He never gets overwhelmed. He never says, that's enough. He always has room for us. He always wants to be there for us. I am amazed that people would just touch his little tassels on his robe and be healed. Last week we were at the hospital visiting somebody and 
just thinking about Jesus going to the hospital. Wouldn't that be incredible? Go down to Desert Regional and just go, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. And you just see everybody walk out. It said every single person that came to him was healed. No one was turned away. No one wasn't able to be healed. Whether they had, all they had to do was have enough faith to come and touch his robe. No one was turned away. You know, it reminds me that Jesus came as a doctor to heal the sick. Not as a judge to hold the court for everybody. He didn't come to pronounce judgment. He came to heal all those that were sick. And I pray that today that you'll come to him. That you'll grow in your faith. That you'll step out of the boat because you want to. Between you and God. That you'll step out on faith in your life. That you'll step out for missions. That you'll, you'll grow. And if you're hanging on, that you'll be encouraged to keep holding on. And then we'll all be able to make it to the other side together. Thank you so much.